Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. I am so pumped for today. I can't wait. It's going to be a good day. We've been at the movies. (laughs) We have this little neighbor kid that comes around our house. And I was telling him about our series, and I was just telling him about at the movies and how we preach out of the, the movies and all <laughs> And he was like, so how, how many days is your church mo- meeting at a movie theater? And I was like, oh, hold on. <laughs> Something didn't translate well. I was like, no, we've been at the movies. Like, bro, we've been bringing the movies to church. Like, that, that's how we do. Like, we don't have to go to the movies. We bring it here. Um, so I'm excited. We've been looking at some movies today. One of the greatest movies ever made up to this time, The Greatest Showman. Okay. Okay. I'll pray for your salvation. <laughs> Let me tell you, when we watch this movie, um, I pull apart movies just being a filmmaker. I just, I pull apart movies. I'm like, oh, they could have done that so well. Did you see that, Ash? I can't believe they let that go. Like, this is Hollywood. Come on, where's the standards, right? I pull apart everything. Um, so I hate watching Hallmark movies, but we do it just to make fun. And then, uh, so we watch this movie, and I'm like, babe, whoa, mind blown. I can't pull anything apart. I love this movie. It's so perfect. Like, it's perfectly shot. It's perfectly sound. Oh, my word. I love this movie. So it's a good movie. So today we're going to be looking at The Greatest Showman, the real-life story of Barnum and Bailey Circus, and how it all began with a dream. I love it. I love it because it began with a dream, and it wasn't a reality, but it was in his mind and his heart. He knew it. He saw it. He felt it. In fact, he was, he was spinning around with the elephants. He could feel the fire. He could see the trapeze. He could see everything before it even started. Let me tell you, there's a dream that God placed inside of our hearts for this city. It's not a reality yet, but it's coming. We can already see it. And we might look around and see some broken shoes or see some poverty and see some things that aren't right. But we know without a shadow of a doubt that God has a dream for this city. I want to call today the greatest reveal. If you're taking notes, go ahead and get your pen and paper. You're going to want to take notes today. Uh, Because I think today is going to be a really amazing turnaround for a lot of us in this place. And it's going to be um, an amazing just Uh, I feel like God has just got something incredible for you today. So write it down, the greatest reveal. It's the greatest reveal. Can you real quick just envision with me a city where the gospel of Jesus Christ is announced to the ends of every neighborhood where Jesus is proclaimed. In fact, not only Jesus is proclaimed, but people all over the city and every school and every business are coming alive to their purpose because they not only know who God is, they know who they are in God. Can you envision it? Can you picture it with me? High school students, junior high students, middle school, elementary students coming alive and starting revivals in their schools. In the lunchrooms, there's miracles taking place. They're standing up on lunch tables saying, hey, y'all, I got a word. Listen, I'm going to proclaim who Jesus is, and we're going to see healings take place right here in the lunchroom. I believe revival is going to start in the schools. Do you believe me? Why not? 
It hasn't been done before, and you might say, well, Elijah, I don't know if that's possible. Listen, I already see it. God's already shown us what the city's going to look like. Can you picture with me one of the greatest churches in America right here in Philadelphia, and people lined up for miles to get in to experience who Jesus is because they want to experience his love and his grace and his mercy and his power. Can you envision with me? It's a dream God placed in our heart. It's the greatest reveal. And we're all a part of it. I love Jesus that when he calls us, he doesn't call us to a life of sitting and waiting on him to return. Because that's what he's doing, right? He's coming to back for us. But he doesn't call us to sit and wait. He calls us to move. In fact, when he first calls his disciples, one of the first times he ever calls someone to get involved, he calls Peter and Andrew, his brothers, their brothers in the boat. They're fishing, doing what they've always done. This was like common fishermen. It was their job. It's what they did. And so he calls them. He says, yo, drop what you're doing and follow me. It was a call to motion. It was a call to get involved. How many know that this dream is going to happen unless we get involved with the movement of God, right? We get involved. We get our hands dirty. We say, hey, family, buckle up. Let's do this thing on purpose. That's why this, this year is called my city, my time. Why? It's an ownership statement, right? We show up on our jobs and we say, this is my city, my time. We show up in our schools, and though everybody else is like, I don't want to be here, we walk in and we say, this is my city, my time. Walking to our family, might be a little bit of chaos going on, I don't know, but your home, my home can get chaotic sometimes. I walk in, and me and my wife, we walk in and we say, no, this is my city and my time. God's destined us for this moment. And when Jesus calls us, he doesn't call us just to sit on the sidelines and say, like, oh, go, Jesus. Do what you do. Woo, J-E-S-U-S. Yes, he's the king for me. He's the king of the universe. Oh, am I dating myself? You know what I'm talking about? Any Sunday school students? We used to sing that, the flannel board. You know? <laughs> oh, man, come on. Take me to church. But Jesus calls us to get involved and give. Did you know he gives you three things? I want you to write these down. Three things he gives you to get involved with, okay? And they're so key. They're so important. Number one, time. He gives you time. 24 hours in a day, how are you going to spend it? You know, we can work. We can give ourselves a lot of different things. But how are we going to spend our time? How are we going to give our time? Number two, your talent. Little hint. They're all begin with T. My mind works like that. I get sidetracked very easily, so they all have to be consistent. So, time, you got your talent. You, everybody's got a gift. You've all been given a gift, and they're all unique. Isn't that amazing? God wove you together in the womb with specific things that he was going to use, and he didn't give the same thing to me that he gave to you. Isn't that amazing? That's because we all work together. We're all the body. We all come together. If we were all faces, that'd be dumb. If we were all ears, that'd be stupid. We could just hear. We couldn't see or taste or talk. Or... So we're all different parts. And the third thing, so time, you got your talent, your gift to give, and your treasure. Now, this is resource. This can be money. This can be relationships. This can be your network. This can be everything that God has given you in your hands as treasure. So what is something that can be used to buy and give uh, a way for things to move. It's your treasure. So three things to give. Now here's the problem. 
There's a lie. It's one of the biggest lies in history that the enemy is speaking into your life, into my life, into all of our lives. It's the biggest lie. I want you to write it down. You ready? Three words. It's the greatest lie. And whenever you hear this, after today, you're going to be like, lied, you messed me up. Whenever you hear this or think this or have this come about, just know it's not real. It's not factual. It's the enemy. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's around. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's just a lie. Ready? Three words. There's not enough. There's not enough. There's not enough time. I don't have enough time. God, you asked me to do what? Uh, have you seen my schedule? Seen how much things I have to do? I can barely get my to-do list done, God. How are you expecting me? Okay, there's not enough. There's not enough. God, you want me to do what with my gift? I'm already giving it away. I do so much with my gift. God, I, you, have you seen my checkbook? Do we use checkbooks anymore? Have you seen my app that tells me how much money I have? <laughs> have you seen it, God? You want me to give what? All right, that's it. You smoke in clouds. You smoke in clouds. I'm telling you, you've been up there too long, God. You don't know. I, there's not enough. You ever said that to God? Jesus, you want me to do what? This church be asking me to do what? I can't give that much. I can't do that much. It's the lie of the enemy. There's not enough. So we're going to move today. I'm going to teach you how to move from a mentality of there's not enough into a mentality of there's too much. I must give it away. Write that down. From a, a, a mentality of there's not enough to a mentality of there's way too much. I must give some away. Okay. So we do this, and, and this is where it all begins, is the principle of the first. That's very important. The principle of the first. Now, you must know this because it is the key to start this principle in your life. If you don't have this key element in there, the first, you'll miss out on the entire blessing of the principle, right? You might get here and there, splits and splats, but this is the principle. If, if you get involved in it, you will enjoy all of the benefits that is inside of this principle. It's amazing. It's the principle of the first. So in Proverbs is where we see this. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth. With your wealth. What, do you, what you've been given. Your time, talent, and good job. Y'all listening. So good. Honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops. Everybody say all your crops. Now we can get so caught up. And when we come to church and all, we, we hear messages like this, we can get so caught up and be like, ow, it's all about money. Put it down, okay? Put it down. If you caught up on money, you're missing the whole point. If you think this is a, listen, the church really needs your money. <laughs> listen, we really do. <laughs> no, no. Put it down. Put it down. Put that mindset down. Let me redefine for you. God says all your crops, everything you've been given, your time, your talent, and your treasure. It's everything. It's all your crops. Everything that he's blessed with, all your wealth, he says the first fruits are mine. The first is mine. First 10%. So first is mine. Bring the first fruits of all your crops. Then, after that, then, right? So I used to be there's not enough then, but once I give the first fruits of all my crops, then I move into this. Ready? Are you ready for it? Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Now, I don't even have any barns, but I'm like, praise the Lord. 
Fill my barns, God. Come on, fill my garage. Fill my cars, fill my basement, fill it all. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Fill my, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Go from mentality of God, there's not enough to a mentality of, wow, God, there's way too much. I must give some away. I got to get rid of some because I can't even contain all the blessing that you're pouring out on me. How many want that on your time and your talent and your treasure? So much gift. You're like, God, I can't contain it. I'm an expert. Woo! Like, don't want to be cocky, but God, I'm confident. Like, you blessed me with some gifts. God, I got way too much time. I got to give some away. I got way too much treasure. Some of you are like, Lord, please let it happen. Imagine so much treasure that you can't give it away fast enough. I'm preaching to somebody today. It's a, oh, the principle of the first, and it goes back to um, actually Cain and Abel, one of the first you know, creations after Adam and Eve, and now they're the childs of them, you know. They went from the garden, now they're doing the plow thing and raising animals and stuff to make it go. Cain and Abel, they bring their offerings to the Lord as an offering to God, and the scripture is very unsettling if you don't understand the backstory because it says God did not accept Cain's offering, but he accepts Abel's. What? Now, they're both Adam and Eve's kids, right? They both brought offerings. But if you read deeper, you'll understand that Abel brought the first fruits, brought the first. Right as it came out, the best. He was like, yo, that's God's. All right, everything else we can take care of. Cain brought the leftovers, Right, take care of everything else, and then if I have some leftover, oh, that that'll be good. I'll I'll give this to God. And he brought the leftovers, and God said, no, 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 the first fruits is what I want. The first, it's the principle of the first. When, me and Ashley, we we own a creative firm, and so we run a creative agency, and and it's amazing. And but whenever we get a check, when it comes in, you know the first thing we do, ten percent we cut out and put aside. It's God's. It's just the principle that we have in place. Everything comes in. Hundred dollars comes in. $10 gets set aside. $1,000 comes in, $100 gets set aside. $10,000, come on, Lord, bring it. $10,000 comes in, $1,000 goes out. $100,000, Lord, you hear me, right? Come on, Lord. Come on. Let's do this thing. And so everything that comes in, we set aside the, the first. Because when you set aside the first, the rest is blessed. In Malachi, and this is God talking to his favorite people. Man, there's a difference between the way I will talk to your kids and the way that I will talk to my kids. Why? They're my favorite. I know you're not supposed to. I like my kids better than yours. And so I'll talk to my kids differently because I, I want so much more for them. So there's some things they can't do. And it's not because I'm a mean dad. It's because I want what's best for them. And so I set them apart. And so this is God talking to his favorite people, the Israelites. He's talking to them, and he's talking to them straight because he cares so much about them. So we have to pay attention to these words because they're super crucial. And it says in verse 7 of, of chapter 3, it says, Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have, kept, and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. Man, I love God that no matter where we are, where we are in our journey, when we turn to him, he will turn back. It's never a point where it's like, you're too far, sorry, outside the blessing zone. This is grace, this is you, sorry. So far away, I wish you could get to me. No, God says, when you return, wherever you are, doesn't matter how far away you are, doesn't matter how, where you've been, when you return, I will return to you. And that a great promise. He said, so return to me and I will return to you. Um, uh, but you ask, how are we to return? 
Will a mere, this is God, will, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, God, what? what? I'm not robbing. How are we robbing you? Tell me. How are we robbing you? This is what God says. In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe. Everybody say whole tithe. Man, even write that down, would you? Whole tithe. It's super key. Because he says, he's basically saying, if you don't bring the whole tithe, the rest is cursed. If you bring the whole tithe, the rest is blessed. It's a principle. It's in motion. It's not he's punishing you. It's just a principle in motion. So when you get involved and you give the first, the rest of everything you have, the 90% or whatever you hold on to, is blessed. Everything you put your hand to, everything you put your talent and time and treasure into is blessed because you set aside the first. That's why uh, I, I wake up early in the morning to get my time with God because when I set aside the first part of my day, the rest of my day is blessed. Oh, I have a great attitude. I can talk to my wife with love. I can talk to my kids and pour into them. Anybody who calls me with problems, I'm like, yo, man, I got you. Like, Jesus is good. Like, I feel good because I set aside the first so the rest is blessed. And here's the deal with the tithe. There's two things you can do with it. Ready? Two things. You can either bring it or you can steal it. Bring it or steal it. That's it. That's the only two things you have options for. And, it's, it, and sometimes we get in the thing of like, well, I don't know if I should give tithe. You don't give tithe. You bring it. It's not yours to give. It's God's. Right? Does that make sense? It's like walking into Walmart and grabbing like a bike off the track and be like, I don't know if I really should pay for this today. I think I'm just going to walk out. I, I really don't think that this is worth me giving money to. I'm just going to take this right out of the store. The beeper's going to go off. People are going to chase me out to my car. I'm just going to book it and go. Like, we wouldn't do that, right? And so that's why we don't choose to give God the tithe. We bring it. We like, God, it's yours. You blessed me with so much, so I bring it back to you. So when you bring it, it's blessed. When you take it, it's cursed. Check this out. God said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. This is the grand design of God. He says, you bring, you bring 10%, you bring 10%, you bring 10%. When we all bring our 10% of all that we have, then we can have food in our house to feed the hungry. We can have food in our house to go places that we never could go before. We have food in our house so the church can be the church and the lighthouse to the world. We can do things we never could do before. But because we're all involved in this, we're all giving of what we have, we make the greatest reveal happen that the gospel can go places that we never could go before. We make things happen that aren't a reality now, but will be when we all get involved in this. Come on, somebody. That's good. That's good. That's the grand design. So God says, check this out. Oh, I love him. He's so funny. He says, bring it so there may be food in my house. And then he says, Test me in this. Now, nowhere else in Scripture does he ever say test me besides with this. He said, bring the first, test me, and check it. He's got so much, dude. I love him. I can't wait to meet him. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. You know he's got that attitude going on when he's saying this. And pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room enough to store it. How many want that kind of blessing in your life? So much blessing, you don't have room to store it. You're going from there's not enough to God, whoa, I got to give some away because you're blessing me with too much. And I only have so much room in my barns. 
right? I only got so much room, God, and you're blessing me with so much. There's so much that I must give some away. That's the kind of life that God wants us to live. Not a life of scarcity where we're like, oh, God, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I have enough time. God says, no, no, no. The first thing that goes on your schedule is giving back to me. So the first thing on your schedule is how are you going to serve me? What are you going to do to bring the kingdom of God? Because Jesus, when he left, he told the disciples, listen, this is your great commission. He didn't say, yo, make sure you get a 404, you know what I'm saying? Like get a retirement plan. Make sure your kids have college fund. Make sure that you have everything aligned up. These are all good things, but he didn't say that. What did he say? The greatest commission is go and make disciples. The greatest commission ever. And so when we, get, when we understand this, the first is we're bringing the first to make the kingdom of God come down here to earth. That's the big dream. The greatest reveal. So that our city can know how much God loves them. So that our city will know, hey, even though you're broken, God's got healing in the back of his hand for you. He is so in love with you. He has so much grace and mercy for you. He has so much. That's the greatest reveal. It's bringing the first. It's not saying, God, there's not enough. It's God saying, it, it's us saying, all right, God, here's the first. Now bless the rest so we can give more away. And I want you to hear me too, because this isn't one of those sermons where I want you to go away feeling convicted. That's, that's not what this is all about. And this isn't even about tithing, honestly. If, you, if you're not tithing, that's great. Like, get involved. Like, get this principle in motion. This is one of those sermons, though, like, I've been to a great restaurant, and I want you to taste it too now. Right? You ever done that? You go to a restaurant, you're like, whoa, boss tacos. Like, everybody in the world needs to have these tacos, right? So you tell everybody about it. Me and Ashley, we've been blessed. We're in this lifestyle where we're like, you know what? There's so much. We got to give it away. We got to give it away. And tithing is just the beginning. Like, God didn't call us just to tithe. That's just like a principle thing. God called us to give tithes and offerings. That's above and beyond. That's saying, okay, what more are we going to give? Yeah, 10%, that's fine. But you know our goal? Our goal is to someday live on 10% and give away 90. Now, we're not there, okay? We're not there. We're working our way there. We're, all, we're, you know, we're getting close. Let's do this thing. But that's the goal. And I believe that God wants us to have goals of how generous we can be. And you, I don't know where you are in the whole tithing game, and you're like, mom, another tithing, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know where you are in that. But you can, you can believe me on this. Change believes wholeheartedly in the principle of the first. We believe in tithes and offering. We believe that generosity paves the way for God to come and move in our city. And without generosity, we won't see it happen. But it's when we all get involved. We did this in first experience. You can see all the people that uh, added their, 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 uh, their amazing gifts. But here's, what, here's what's going on. God gives us something in our hands, right? Time, talent, and treasure. And he's already paid the highest price to make the, the power of the cross happen. Isn't that incredible? He already paid the highest price so that people would know and be able to accept his incredible freedom. It's incredible. And so what we do is when we come and we give and we say, all right, God, we're getting involved. You know, as, as far as me and my family, here's what we're going to do. We're going to serve. We're going to give. We're going to be a part of this thing. I got some talent I want to give. Man, I'm a filmmaker. So you know what I'm going to bring to the table? I'm going to make some incredible movies that are going to touch lives. That's what I'm going to do. I can speak. All right. Give me a mic. Let's do this thing. Right? Um, some of you, you have, you have different talents. You can run people. You can organize people. Some of you are incredible encouragers. In fact, right as someone walks into the door and you're there, they start smiling. They don't even know why. It's because of that gift inside of you. God gave you a gift of joy. And you walk in, they're, they're like, ah, there they are. Hug them, can't wait. 
Got to get some. And so we bring and we say, all right, God, this is what we have to give. And what, what are we doing? We're not creating the cross. We're making it more visible. Isn't that awesome? We're taking the cross, the message of the gospel, and we're saying, all right, God, we care about this city. We care about our world. We care about our friends, our coworkers, our fellow students. We care so much that we're going to give to see this cross become more visible in our city. And we're all doing it together. Because when we all add what we have to give, you know what happens? That cross becomes more and more and more visible. And we can do more for him and love on more people, right? Reach out to more schools and nonprofits and people who are hurting and broken. We can do more when we all get involved. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at This Is Change PHL. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.